into the Word of God without wasting much time, okay? So today, uh, I'm on part five, okay, of uh, the mystery of the ages. So we are continuing uh, until the Lord says it's enough, all right? Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of things that have to be made clear unto you so that you get the whole message, all right? So that the revelation of the mystery and is made uh, uh, clear unto you. Uh, so I have to make sure that uh, I give it enough time and due diligence. Maraj Trashkanak, all right? So open your Bibles to the Gospel of John, chapter 18. John chapter 18. So my emphasis is going to be on the progression of the kingdom narrative, right? The progression of the kingdom narrative before the coming of Jesus Christ, the first coming of Jesus Christ. So that means the progression of the kingdom narrative from the Old Testament. Uh, then uh, during Jesus' time on the earth, when he came onto the earth, then onto the church age, uh, in which we are now, right, until his second coming, right, and the millennial reign, okay? And then finally, uh, also eternity. So I just want you to see the kingdom narrative narrative about the kingdom of God, okay? And uh, this is so important because uh, once you get uh, such a blueprint, you know where everything fits in, okay? And you don't have Christian, you don't have face out of context. You get it. You don't have face, you don't know the garden, you don't have No, 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 you must know the context of what the Bible is talking about so that you understand that what it means in Jesus' name, amen. amen. You may wish the devil away right now, but you can never wish him away, because this time is not yet. You get it? So if you are ignorant of the times and seasons of God, sometimes you can be so ignorant of the word of God and what it's saying into your life. Okay? So John 18, verse 36. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight. That I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Alright? So this is the Lord Jesus Christ who is saying, my kingdom is not of this world and my kingdom is not from here all right <laughs> that's why uh, my servants are not fighting which means the kingdom of God as we speak right now is nothing to do with what physical fighting or combat you get it it has nothing to do with the wars that uh, uh, the world is fighting that's why Jesus said, my kingdom is not from here. Otherwise, my servants would fight like what the other kingdoms are doing. You understand this? 
Right, so in the previous episode, uh, we saw that Christ will return to reign on the earth, right? And that period is going to be a thousand years when he shall, he shall reign. And I want you to remember that when he comes to reign, he comes to reign as the resurrected and the glorified Christ, right? Resurrected and glorified Christ. That is how he's going to, to reign. So, all the kingdoms of the earth will be handed over to Christ. And he begins to reign over all the kingdoms of the earth together with his saints. Right? So that's where that word or that verse comes in to say, and we shall reign on the earth. Okay? So that means our reign is not yet started. You understand this? Uh, the real reign is going to to come. So there are going to be a lot of questions now to say, okay, so if we are saying our reign is coming, so what are we doing now? <laughs> you, you get it? <laughs> we have the power and authority of the Christ upon us. So what are we doing during this time? So the kingdom narrative is going to help you. You get this? In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. Alright, so in the Old Testament, the Old Testament introduces the kingdom of God unto us. If you read in the Old Testament, you also see that phrase that says what? The kingdom of God. Or you can see verses that infer, all right, concerning the rulership or the kingdom of God. So the first thing that uh, you are going to see is that the kingdom of God is supreme over all kingdoms. All right? It is total authority over all kingdoms. It is total power over all kingdoms. So, the Bible reveals to us that everything belongs to God. Isn't it? I'm sure you wouldn't want a verse on that. You know that, isn't it? Because God created everything and everything belongs to God. Okay? Psalm 103 verse 19 says, the Lord is prepared his throne in the heavens and his kingdom ruleth over all. Right? So God is prepared his throne in the heavens and his kingdom. So when the Bible says his kingdom, it's talking about the kingdom of, of God. So the kingdom of God rules over all. Was that a Jesu Iman? Now, there is a situation or a scenario that happened in the book of Daniel because I want to show you how that statement comes true or comes to life. How the kingdom of God rules over all kingdoms. Okay? So, Daniel 4 17, this is what the Bible says. This matter is by the decree of the watchers. So the watchers are a special type of angels. Alright? So this is a decree. And the demand by the word of the holy ones. To the intent that the living may know that the most high ruleth in the kingdom of men. And giveth it to whomsoever he will. And setteth up over it the bestest of men. Alright? So... God wanted uh, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar to know this. That what? 
the most high rules in the kingdom of men. And he can give it to anyone that he wants to give it to. So you are going to find out that uh, these kingdoms that are in the world, God is total authority over them. They may decide what to do, but at the end of the day, God is the final word or the final say. The devil may do what he wants to do, but at the end of the day, God is what? The final say. Alright? So, there are a number of things that you need to remember. That uh, we have two types of kingdoms. Alright? Two types of kingdoms. Number one, we have spiritual kingdoms. Alright? Spiritual kingdoms. Number two, we have what? Physical kingdoms. Alright? And in the spiritual kingdoms, we have only two types. We only have two, which is the kingdom of the kingdom of God, alright? And the kingdom of Satan. Two spiritual kingdoms, alright? Then, in the physical kingdoms, we have multiple kingdoms, which are called today nations, alright? Today we call them nations. So we have multiple. So Zimbabwe is a kingdom. South Africa is a kingdom. Burundi is a kingdom. America is a kingdom. You get this? So we have multiple kingdoms, which are called nations. Now, these two spiritual kingdoms, you know, what I'm teaching here, I think I taught a series uh, on these kingdoms in uh, this group, uh, that is called Kingdom Focus. If you followed uh, the postings that I did, you, you are going to find out that most of these things I taught about them, all right? Yeah. So, these two spiritual kingdoms, they exert their influence on the nations. So, Satan's kingdom is exerting its influence over the nations, over the people, as well as the kingdom of God, all right? That's why Satan says, I've been up and down over what? Over the earth. He's exerting his influence over the nations, alright? And God's kingdom is also exerting his influence. We all know that God's kingdom is more powerful than the Satanic kingdom, is it? But these kingdoms are all acting on these nations. They are all acting on these people. So at the end of the day, it's up to the people that are on the earth, alright? In other words, to whom are they going to uh, uh, give their will to? To whom are they going to give into? Okay? So if you have a president that will listen to the devil, you see what is going to happen. If you have another president who is going to listen to God, things may change. You see? So that is how uh, some of these parts for nations are determined. So you see some of the leaders going to bow down to idols. Inam, Yapitamnik. Oh my God, are you hearing what I'm saying? My God, my God, thank you Lord Jesus. Glory. So, the purpose 
of Satan's kingdom because I said these kingdoms are feathering their agendas in the earth. So the agenda of Satan's kingdom is to steal, is to kill, is to destroy. His agenda is to corrupt men. His agenda is to bring men to eternal condemnation. That is what his agenda. In other words, according to the satanic kingdom, men must be in rebellion to God. Men must always live in rebellion to God. That is what his agenda. And on the other hand, God's agenda, or the kingdom of God's agenda, is to serve, is to redeem, is to bring dignity to man. Alright? Is to restore man's dignified position in God. That is what the agenda of the kingdom of God is to grant men eternal life. So, from the beginning of the Old Testament, you, you are going to see this. Even in the garden, that is what happened, isn't it? God brought life to Adam, abundance, prosperity, a life connected to God. But the devil comes in with his kingdom. What does he do? He causes confusion. Everything that Adam and Eve had, they lost it. That's why the Bible says he came to steal. He stole things from Adam and Eve. He destroyed their lives. And that is what the devil is doing right now. Day in and day out. Roaring like what? Like a lion. He's looking for what to devour. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. So, the kingdom agenda has always been to restore man and to restore what he has lost through Satan's deception. You know, Satan came with the deception, isn't it? So, he actually took power from Adam through deception and he began to rule the kingdoms of the world since the times of Adam. Do you believe that? Adam had power, isn't it? Adam had authority in this earth. But the devil took it by deception. So, at the time when Jesus came, I want you to look at this. I want you to have this picture. You must have the kingdom of God on this side. Then you must have the satanic kingdom on this side. Then you have the nations over here. And these two are exerting their influence over these nations. So that's the picture that we have. Alright? So when Jesus came, that was the picture that was there. Two kingdoms warring over the destiny of people. Warring over souls that are in the earth. In Jesus' name, Amen. So, in those days, John the Baptist comes preaching in the wilderness of Judea. And what is he saying? Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. My God. Repent, for the kingdom of God is what? Is near. 
Because that, that's what it means. To be at hand is to be near. So his message was to prepare people for the coming kingdom. He said the kingdom is almost upon us. But we know that this kingdom has, has been in existence before. Because kingdom, and kingdom, an area ruled by a king. <laughs> so the whole universe is God's kingdom. You understand this? So the kingdom of God has been there. So why is John the Baptist now coming saying the kingdom of God is at hand? So this is a special manifestation of God's kingdom. Because it's, it's been there already. But why is he saying it's near? Which means the kingdom of God is about to manifest in a special way that it has not been seen before on the earth. We, we must see the visible manifestation of this kingdom. And when it has come, alright, people must not have a doubt that the kingdom of God has come. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. amen. So, the devil was in charge. You know, some people don't want to hear this, to say the devil was in charge. He was in charge. <laughs> of nations. Oh my God, are you hearing this? He was in charge. But don't be lost. I'm not saying God was not active. He was, as the Bible shows. Alright? Because if God did not intervene, the devil would what? Would destroy men on the earth. No one would be left alive. Because that's his purpose to kill, to destroy, to steal. You get this? So God has to intervene to make sure that the devil does not go to extremes. You know, it's like when you are a president, okay? You have people that are under you. You have the army that is under you. Police, alright? Prisons. You have ministers under you, alright? These people can do whatever they want. District. That person can do whatever he wants in that district. You get it? But, as a president, you must make sure that this person is reined in. You have to intervene when it's necessary. You get this? So even when the devil took power from Adam, God has to intervene when it's necessary. You are hearing what I'm saying? So, when Jesus was taken uh, uh, to be tried, alright, to be tempted by the devil, what happened there? What did Satan say? Because even Jesus did not dispute what Satan said. Let us read this. Luke chapter 4, verse 5. And the devil, taking him, taking him up into a high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Kingdoms of, of the world, the nations. <laughs> Zimbabwe, Tori, Poibab, that is. <laughs> verse 6. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them. For that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will give it. So he says what? All this power I will give thee. He wanted to give Jesus all the power over these kingdoms. And he was saying, because they belong to me. 
they were delivered unto me. In the garden, the nations were delivered under the devil. Zimbabwe was delivered under the devil. So when Jesus came, he said, all of these, they belong to me. Wow. Verse 7. If thou therefore will worship me, all shall be yours. All. So you see, the devil can give you anything in this world if you want. If you want power, you'll get it. <laughs> if you want fame, you can get it. You just need to sell your soul to the devil and you got it. Because that's exactly what he was saying to Jesus. Sell your soul to me and I will give you all. And I've said this many times, many of the people that you admire today, they sold their souls to the devil. That's why they have that fame. Even pastors, we have pastors, we have sold their souls to the devil. And when you go into their church, surely you are going to see unusual things and unusual miracles happen. Because even the devil has that power. Come on, somebody. So at the end of the day, it's not about power or fame or being famous or being successful. It's about truth. <laughs> it's better to have truth than stay poor. It's much better than to sell your soul and be rich. So the devil knows what people want. He says, I know people want power. Let me approach Jesus with an offer of power. Jesus is hungry. Let me offer food. So the things that we last over, those are the things that he offers us. Most times we have this narrative to say, you know, the devil always wants to keep you poor. It's not always true. Sometimes he wants you to be rich so that you can be lost. So you will come with that which will derail your faith. Simple. Whether it's abundance or whether it's denying you, whatever will take your faith from God, whatever will derail you from the faith, that is what he comes with. Oh, Mahando. Glory to Jesus. If he can take you away from where you are, <laughs> he can, as long as that will take you away from God. speaking to someone. Amen. So the devil is authority over all these kingdoms. You know, he was running things. As much as God is known as the God of Israel, Satan was there in the Roman Empire doing what he did. When Jesus was crucified on the cross, how did the devil accomplish it? He came through Judas. He came through the priesthood. He came through what? The Romans. So he's orchestrating things. Right now in Zimbabwe, the devil is busy. Otherwise, you wouldn't do what you did. You wouldn't 
bow down to an idol. It's not God. That is not of God. It's a demon. It's a devil. I'm telling you the truth. We don't make idols in the kingdom of God. Whether to beasts or to birds or to four-footed beasts, we don't make those things in the kingdom of God. It has nothing to do with God. So the devil is in control of the leadership. <laughs> they feared the Lord, but worshipped their own gods. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. Mark chapter 1, verse 14. Now, after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye, and believe the gospel. So after John was put in prison, now Jesus comes with the same message that John began to preach. And he is saying, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is near. You get this? So you see where I'm placing my emphasis? The kingdom of God is near. Which means there's something that is being expected. There's something that must manifest. The kingdom is to come onto the earth. In heaven, of course, it's there. The kingdom of God is there. And the will of God is being done. You remember last time when Jesus uh, said, in your prayer, pray that the will of the Lord may be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Alright? So in heaven the will of God is done 100%. Not 99,99. 100%. That's why the devil is no longer there. So when we are saying, Lord, your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven, we are saying 100%. We want the will of God 100%. And we are praying, saying, may your kingdom come. If we are saying, may your kingdom come, it's not here. Because when his kingdom comes, then his will will be done. <laughs> 100% on the earth. Oh my God, I'm hearing this. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So he says, repent and believe the gospel. Why do you have to believe the gospel? Why do you have to believe the message? Because that is how you enter, isn't it? Into that kingdom. That is how you enter. So, there are a few things that you need to remember there. Because right now, don't be lost. The context is about the kingdom narrative now, when Jesus came onto the earth, isn't it? We talked about the Old Testament. Now we're talking about when Jesus came. What was the kingdom narrative? So he's saying it's near. Okay? Right. So, the kingdom of God, as I said, it's a spiritual kingdom that is exercising its authority, both in the spiritual and in the physical realms. But it's a, what? it's a spiritual kingdom. So, if a spiritual kingdom comes, you may not see it with your eyes. That's why Jesus said it does not come with observation. <laughs> But the kingdom of God is what? Is within you. 
It can come without you seeing it. But again, it can come with you seeing it. Because it can exert authority both in the spiritual spheres as well as the physical. Alright? At one time, Jesus said, If I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, or by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. So he says, if you see me casting out devils, it's a sign that the kingdom of God has come. So you are actually seeing that the kingdom has arrived because of what is happening. The nations, they have not changed. They have remained the same. But now there is a higher power that is landed on the earth. And we are seeing things that have not happened before. It's because the kingdom is what? Has come. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. So you remember when I talked about those stages of restoration, when I said he starts with you in your spirit. So the kingdom of God can come in you, in your spirit. And you begin to live in the kingdom of God, but spiritual. You are on the earth, but in the spirit, you are in the kingdom. That's why Jesus says, you are not of this world. Because he says, my kingdom is not from here. He is here. He is in the kingdom, but my kingdom is not from here. So our kingdom right now is you are seated here. You are the saints of God. You are in the kingdom of God. But you are here in Zimbabwe with all its problems. Why can't I be in the kingdom where there is 100% perfection? The kingdom is in you. But you are yet to enter physically into the kingdom. Oh my God, are you hearing what I'm saying? Wouldn't be sabaori, Papa. Wouldn't be What is the Oh my God. Oh my God. So let us talk a little bit more about this kingdom narrative during the church age, the time that we are in right now. Right. So as I said, the kingdom of God, when it came, because when we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, we are inviting people into the kingdom of God. We are inviting them. You are called to the kingdom, alright? So when you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, your citizenship is recorded that you are now a citizen of heaven. You are now a child of God. And Christ begins to live in you. He begins to dwell in you, and it? That's when we say this mystery, Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. There are a lot of people who don't understand it when we say Christ in you. Does it make any sense? But to us it makes a lot of sense. When Christ is in us, then the kingdom of God is in us. We can operate in the kingdom of God while we are still on this earth. Wonderful. Hallelujah. Right. So, what has happened to us? We want to see in this kingdom age, you know, where we are. 
vis-à-vis -vis this kingdom narrative. Where are we? But already you are you are seeing from what I've said, you are already seeing where you are, alright? So I just want to reinforce a, a few things on that. Colossians 1, verse 13. Colossians 1, verse 18. Says, Who has delivered us from the power of darkness? So the Bible is talking about Christ. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. And he has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Look at this. This kingdom, which the Bible is saying, is not from him. It's not a physical kingdom. It's a spiritual kingdom. It's a heavenly kingdom. So Christ, when we believed, he delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So what does that tell you about people who have not received Christ? They are still under the power of darkness. You get this? Why? Because the devil said, all these kingdoms have been delivered unto me. The devil can do whatever he wants with you. As long as you are not protected by God. But now, if you have been translated into the kingdom of the Son, then who has jurisdiction over you? It is the Son. That's why the devil can no longer touch you now. Because you belong to someone else. You belong to another kingdom. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. So, now, we walk according to the dictates of that kingdom. This is now very important, you know. Because they are saying, I belong to the kingdom of heaven. I belong to the kingdom of God. Even if you are still living in this evil world. So, the children of God now have to be very, very discerning and very, very careful. So that you are able to separate the things of light and the things of darkness. You have, because you are living in the midst of darkness. <laughs> but you belong to another kingdom. Are you hearing this? That's why sometimes you don't have to be involved in other people's fights on this earth. Jesus said to his disciples, no, 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 you cannot fight. You cannot. <laughs> My kingdom is not from here. What are you fighting for? What are you fighting for? So Paul says that you would walk worthy of God who has called you unto his kingdom and glory. God has called you. Are you not in the kingdom right now? Are you not in the kingdom? You are in the kingdom. But the Bible is saying God has called you. And you are saying you are in the kingdom. <laughs> That's a good one, isn't it? So what does Paul mean? What does Paul mean? So you, you are yet to enter into the fullness of the kingdom. Right now you have been called. 
to kingdom to the kingdom and to glory. You get this? So there is a lot more ahead of you. There is a lot more. Let's go on. Romans 14 verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So these are the things that are expected in your life right now, isn't it? So that you walk in righteousness. So that you walk in what? In peace and in joy in the Holy Ghost. Right now. That's why the Bible says anyone who doesn't have the Spirit of God is none of his. How can you experience joy in the Holy Ghost if you don't have the Holy Ghost? You cannot experience the things of the Spirit of God. You cannot experience the kingdom things. It's impossible. So this is what is expected. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. In power. <laughs> not in word. So every child of God, everyone who is in the kingdom of God, walks in the power of God. Ah, come on, somebody. Nonsense. You must walk in power. That's what the Bible says. Each and every one of us. So rather than speaking and comparing others, look at yourself and compare yourself with yourself. Every child of God must walk in the power of God. That is what defines you as a what? As a child of God. Because those who believed, he gave them power. Oh my God, I'm hearing this. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. You are of God. If you are not of God, when you become of God, then he takes you from the power of darkness. And he places you above all the power of the enemy. You are of God, little children, and you have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you. Who is in you? Who? Christ in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Greater is he that is in you, Christ, than he that is in the world. Who is in the world? The devil. He is the one who is ruling over the nations. But even if he is ruling over the nations, we have overcome him. So, we are the thorn in the devil's sight. Oh, are you hearing what I'm saying? I said we are the thorn in the devil's sight. We are the ones who spoil his soup. The things that he wants to do and the things that he wants to accomplish, we are there to stop him. That's his problem. We are restraining him. Oh my God, I hear what I'm saying. When we pray, we disturb a lot of things that the devil wants to do. Paul even said, God wants through the church, and he wants the principalities and powers in the heavens. To see the wisdom of God through the church. Through the church. While God is seated in the heavens, the Christians are causing confusion in the kingdom of darkness. 
Arubida peace. Two kingdoms exerting their influence on the earth. And you are going to see that the devil has his own agents. He has witches and wizards on the earth. Nangas. They belong to his camp. And they will try to want to push Satan's agenda. But you are also there on the earth pushing God's agenda. My God, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. So, we have to plunder hell. Plunder the powers of darkness to make sure that people come into the kingdom of God. Now, you are going to find out that in the Bible, it says we must inherit this kingdom at the end of the day, isn't it? As I have said before, we must inherit this kingdom at the end of the day. I don't want you to lose the words of Jesus. The kingdom of God is near, alright? So first of all, it came spiritual, but it must also come physical, right? We are together there. When it came spiritually, that's why it's now in you. It came spiritually in you. But it must, at the end of the day, come universally. Right. Open your Bibles with me to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. Verse 10. Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. He is speaking to Christians. Right? For if you do these things, you shall never fall. If the Bible says you shall never fall, that means there are others who will fall. In the church, there are others who fall because, because they don't give due diligence to the things that uh, 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 Peter is talking about. Anyone who says I don't want to fall. <laughs> because if you fall, you won't make it into the kingdom. You won't make it. There is a kingdom to be inherited. This is what must get into your head. So whatever you do today affects what? Your destiny. And that is what the devil is trying to stop you from getting that inheritance. You will fight to the name. Verse 11. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you <laughs> abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So he's saying, you know what? An entrance shall be. An entrance. Could be that. But after you have done due diligence to your calling, Look at this. So we are in the kingdom, but not yet. <laughs> wow, I, I, I'm just trying to make it simple for you. We are in the kingdom, but not yet. In the kingdom, but not yet. 
You have known Christ to a level where you are not supposed to turn back. Like right now, if you hear me saying, I've turned my back on Christ, be assured that I will never return to church. They are there. They will tell you I was a pastor. Because they have trampled underfoot the Son of God. And they have counted the blood of the covenant saying this is nothing. This is nothing. How can you turn back your back on Christ? <laughs> Just think about it. After all the things that you have known, after all the communion and fellowship with him, and you decide to turn back. You are simply saying, you know what, you are not worth it. Jesus, you are not worth it. <laughs> you are not worth it. My God, my God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So, when you see the miracles happening in the church, or when you exercise the power of God, you are testing the powers of the world to come. Because you know what? When Jesus himself returns on the earth at the second coming, oh my God, what will happen that day? The blind will open their eyes, the ears will be unfit. These are things that we can do now. But look at the amount of the miracles that are happening. You know. You cannot compare it when he himself comes down in that day. You understand what I'm saying? The power that Jesus himself will exercise on the earth and over the nations. Mm. You know, that, that's, that's why I like the letters that Jesus wrote to the seven churches. And to one of the churches, this is the promise that he gave. He's going to give you power over the nations. Because, you know, the Father gave Jesus power over the nations. You get this? Because Jesus overcame. You, you get this? But now he's giving or extending that promise to his church. And he's saying, if you overcome as I overcame, I'm also going to give you power over the nations. Is he talking about now? I want you to reason a little bit. Is he talking about now? Power over the nations now? Is it now? No. When the time for the physical manifestation of the kingdom comes, when he returns, when we begin to rule, that's when you shall be given power over the nations. And the Bible says, and you shall rule them with a rod of iron. Oh my God, I can't wait for that. To get to my ED, Baba, all of us. But you can't even compare the power that ED is to the power that I shall have during that time. In your Even yourself. Ha! No, sir. Hallelujah. <laughs> ah, yeah, I feel it. I tell you the truth. I feel it. Do not forget 
Madrigita. Or I told Rigita was Gapupi. That is never to win. I don't regret it, Marigit. But to win the P. What is the mystery that the apostles began to reveal? In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. What is this mystery that the apostles began to reveal to the church? Faithful. You get it? 
I must remain faithful. And you must remain faithful. Oh my God. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm being tempted, Bala. Oh boy, Dora. And you don't blame yourself. You must be proved. You know, the devil was never proved. Do you hear this? I said it before. The devil was never proved. So God will prove you to make sure that all of you, when you enter into the kingdom of God, we won't have a repeat of what happened with the devil with his what? His fallen angels. It won't happen. Amen. So, be happy and take heart. Be joyful. You know, it makes sense when uh, even James said uh, you must be joyful in what in temptations and trials. Why? Because they make you. That is what he was saying. They make you. So you are being mad. You are being mad. You are being mad. You know, when I think about it, it makes a lot of sense. I begin to see the wisdom of God in it. It makes a lot of sense. Because personally, I believe, uh, even most of you, you would prefer that the day you believed, you would be caught up to heaven. You get this? The day you had the gospel and believed in Jesus, you wish you were caught to heaven. So that you would escape all the troubles that are on the earth. But you know what? You go to heaven untrained. You go untrained. You must be trained. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Wow, you know, there are just a few things that I would want to say unto you before I close this message. I still have a few minutes, right? Isn't it? Alright, fine. Give me ten minutes and I'll be done. Because uh, if I if I finish it here, uh, I don't think that will do. Alright. Yes, I just want to uh, finish off with how the devil's kingdom is suppressing people in this present world. Okay? In this present world. Because when you get that picture, you know, the reason why I'm telling you this is that, do you know that there are others who think that we are already in the millennium right now? Yes. That 1,000 years that, that I talked about, there are people who believe we are actually living in those 1,000 years when Christ is reigning on the earth. So he's saying Christ, they are saying Christ is reigning on the earth through us on the earth. But when you read the scriptures, you actually see that they have missed it. Because the conditions on the earth, they will tell you that no, it's not yet time for that, isn't it? It's not yet time. Right. So, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 says, In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ 
who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So the God of the God of this world. You see, Jesus had already ascended to heaven then. And Paul was already preaching for many years when he wrote to the Corinthians. But he still mentioned the devil as the God of this world. You get this? So even the time that we are living in, I want you to know, this is what the status of things on the earth. He is still the God of this world. He still controls nations like in that day when he approached Jesus. That's why Paul said, uh, you know, when he talked about his mission, his mission, he said, I was sent to open their eyes. Open their eyes. The people that had been blinded by, by the devil. You get this? So right now, the people who are not believing in Christ, most of them, they are blinded by the kingdom of darkness. So he says to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God. That is what must happen. People must be turned from the power of Satan, from the power of darkness to light. As I said, Bible, what is your purpose on the earth right now? What is your purpose? To open blind eyes and to turn people from darkness to to light. Even Paul says we wrestle not against what? Flesh and blood. Right now, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and what? Spiritual wickedness in high places. So already, I just want to show you the kingdom is not yet what? Come, the manifestation of the kingdom. We are in the kingdom spiritually, but our mission is to plunder hell and populate heaven. That's why we are here. Until the time is fulfilled, when the Father now says, Jesus, it's time. Then he comes and takes control of the nations on the earth. That is why the God of this world must be bound now and put into the abyss because now Jesus has come to take control of the nations. You get this? And the Bible then says, this gospel of the kingdom must be what? Come on. It must be, must be preached <laughs> as a witness to all nations. As a witness to all nations. When he said this, this, what does this mean? He's saying this same message that I'm preaching must be preached to all nations as a witness and then will the end come. That's why I always put emphasis to say this gospel that you are preaching, are you preaching the gospel of the kingdom or are you preaching your own gospel? Is it the gospel of the kingdom? It's your own message. Do you know what you can get messages that you like? I know I like this message. I like this message. 
So whenever you are invited to preach, for example, you preach that same message because I don't say, ah, but message you can not find it, I don't find it. You know, you message, you have one, you don't find But my wife knows, I don't do that. I don't have a best message. Every time I preach, I come with a new message. Every time. You cannot finish the Bible. If you, if you, if you think you have finished it, then you are not studying it. All these things that I'm saying, you have to start. There are a lot of things in the Bible that must be spoken. You know, there are others who feel that there are certain messages that must not be preached. And like right now, what I'm, I'm teaching you right now, there are others who never teach them. You get it? But my question is, to whom were they written? To whom?
but we know that the King of Kings will soon come, and he shall set his throne on the earth, in Israel and in Jerusalem, and he shall rule over all nations. So, the time of, of the devil is coming, isn't it? It's coming. It's coming. And we shall rule this world. So that is what you have been called unto. That is what you have been called unto. In Jesus' name, Amen. You can stand up on your feet. I finished my message. So, what I've spoken about is the kingdom narrative, alright? Where the kingdom of God is coming from when it comes to the Old Testament, when Jesus came, alright, up to the church age that we are living in. And my emphasis in the church age is that the kingdom of God is in you. And he has given you power, right? Even though we are fighting the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of darkness is fighting us. But we have victory in Christ, isn't it? What the Bible says, he has given us power to tread on serpents and scorpions, alright? And over all the power of the enemy, he has given us that power. So, don't be confused. Even if the devil is running things in the nations there, and he has powerful people in powerful places. But here the Bible says he has given us power over all the power of the enemy. And what is that powerful to execute the mandate? <laughs> I hear what I'm saying. To execute, sometimes we misplace eh, or misuse the power of God for the purposes for which it's not intended. But he has given us that power to plunder hell and to populate heaven. He may try, you know, the devil may try to do a lot of things in your life. But he has given us power. Rebuke him. And the Bible says he shall flee from you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I just want you to pray and say, Lord, Make me an effective witness of this gospel of the kingdom. As I say, most times it's about the gospel, gospel. But Jesus said the gospel of the kingdom of God. Don't forget to tell people about the kingdom of God. Don't forget to tell people it's about the kingdom of God. Lest they think we just come here to enjoy ourselves. Support the kingdom of God. Pray that the Lord may give you the grace to open those blind eyes. You know, the Bible says here, eyes are blinded. We have family members, we have friends whose eyes are blinded. Pray for that grace. In fact, may the Lord give you that grace to open those blind eyes. When you speak to them, when you preach to them, when you minister to them, when you share with them, 
Father, in the name of Jesus.